Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, we just got back from camp uh, about last week, I think. Uh, it was a great week there um, at Gateway Area Bible Camp here uh, in Rolla, Missouri. Uh, we talked about walking this way and walking as Christ walked, you know, First John 2. And it was a, just a beautiful week. It was much needed. Uh, we can rejoice in heaven. Uh, there were six baptisms uh, that week, and we're so thankful for the tender hearts and, and the kids that were able to um, put Christ on in baptism and begin to walk that way with him. So as you can tell, my voice is not 100% back. You know, I was counseling around 10 to 12-year-old boys in, uh, in cabin two, so it was, a, it was a lot of yelling, but uh, it was a great week. I really appreciate everything that uh, that camp does. So you might have to bear with me a little bit as I try to get my voice back throughout these next couple weeks. <clears throat> you know, what we're going to talk about today in today's podcast is sorry, you're not what we're looking for. Sorry, you're not what we're looking for. You know, sometimes, uh, <clears throat> you know, in this life, you're going to need, well, even before we get there, you know, in this life, you you have goals, right? You have um, you have things you want to do. You have places you want to go. You have things you want to achieve, right? But sometimes, in order for you to achieve those things, you need the approval of other people to even get into the door to achieve those things. Well, what, what do you mean by that? You know, think about think about you know sport the sport world. You know, right now, uh, summer league basketball is happening. And so, you know, you think about all these guys that have worked so hard since they were, you know, five years old, you know, playing basketball. They did well in elementary school and middle school and high school. They did well in college. Then some team drafted them in the NBA and now they're playing in the NBA Summer League. They finally accomplish the dreams and the goals that they've always wanted. But as they perform, the team that drafted them could still say, we appreciate all the work that you did, but you're not what we're looking for. And then literally just throw them away and hoping that things works out for them. You know what I mean? And think about this. Think about think about the, in the business world, right? You know, let's say you're a manager of a company, but you want to become, you know, CEO. You know, you have to go through doors. You have to jump through hoops. You have to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody to even get into the doors, to even have the opportunity for you to get the job that you even want to apply for. And sometimes... When you get to that level, people can still say, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. You know, and sometimes and sadly, um, this type of attitude happens in the church, too. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you want things to happen. Sometimes you want to um, you want to work in certain places. But some people say, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. And sometimes they don't mean it in a, um, what's the right word? They don't mean it in a, in a spiteful way. Sometimes you're just not what they're looking for. But in some cases, you're not what they're looking for because of the outside appearance. Sometimes you're not what they're looking for because of what you don't have yet. Sometimes you're not what they're looking for because, you know, you may not be as wise as somebody else. You know what I mean? So we're going to talk about as a Christian, how do I respond? What do I do? When I've worked so hard, when you've worked so hard, right, and you've tried to get to a certain level in your life with certain things, and 
in order for you to get places, the people that you need to say yes, guess what they'll say? Sorry, you're not what we're looking for, right? And so let's look at, we're going to look at two examples here. Let's look at the first one here. And if you will, and again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you know, we use the scripture uh, to kind of help us to springboard what we're talking about. All right. So look at this. Let's go to first Samuel chapter 16, <coughs> first or first Samuel chapter 16. And I want you to notice what happened here. We have the prophet Samuel here and he visits Jesse and he visits Jesse's sons. And what Samuel is here to do at Jesse's house is basically to anoint the next king. All right. And I want you to notice what happens here uh, in first Samuel chapter 16. And, and let's start. Uh, in verse uh, verse number five, notice what the Bible says here, guys. And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to, to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked at Eliab and he said, surely the, the Lord's anointed is before him. So essentially Samuel and Jesse are sitting there. And Jesse's sons are walking past. And Eliab's first. And so, you know, they said, surely Eliab should be the next king. Look at him. Eliab most likely was probably built, probably looked like a, you know, a a decent guy, ready to lead. But notice verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees, not as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Aminadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. Then Jesse made Shemaiah pass by. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass toward Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. And so essentially the same thing happened, you know, passing by. And these guys probably look great on the outside. They probably look like leaders. They probably look like they can handle the duties of a king. But guess what the Lord says to each one? No, it's not the right one. It's not the right one. But notice everyone else says, oh, he's got to be it. Just look at what he looks like. He's got to be the one, right? No, he's not the one. But watch verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, Well, behold, there remains the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. Then verse 12. And he sent and brought him in, talking about David. Now David was ruddy. And with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is him. And so I love how verse 7 talks about how man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. You know, so many times people are going to tell you no, not because you're not qualified. They're going to tell you no, not because you, you they don't think you're going to do a good job. They'll tell you no, not because they don't like you. Some people will tell you no because of how you look on the outside. Some people will tell you no 
uh, because of their perception of you. Sometimes people will tell you no because you don't have this or you don't have that or you're not this or you're not that. People will tell you no for the wrong reasons. But notice what God said in verse 7. For the man, he looks on the outward. But the Lord, where does he look? He looks at the heart. You know, one thing. Remember the scripture talks about do unto others as you won't want things done unto you. And so if you want things done to you, not because of how you look on the outside, but because of who you are, you should be doing the same thing to somebody else, right? And and so here, you know, think about all these sons that walk by. Oh, he's got to be it. Oh, he's got to be. Oh, he's got to be. No, he's not the right one. And and this this message can go for a lot of things, right? It could it could go for finding finding a mate. You know, I know some people that are strictly that just look on the outside. Right. And then they hope that he or she is great on the inside. But, you know, I challenge you and myself, I challenge you not to look at things or people or situations from how they look on the outside. But rather, I challenge you to look like the Lord looks. Look on the heart. Look on the person. Look at who they are rather than what they look like, rather than how tall they are. Rather than how beautiful they are. Rather than on the things that they've done. But look on the heart. Right? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last week at camp. And uh, this guy, he's a, <clears throat> he's a single preacher as well. And he was talking about places that he's applied to. And he told me, he said, you know, he's been rejected from so many places because he doesn't fit the typical mold of what a preacher should be. Well, what's that typical mold? Typical mold is having 10 plus years of experience already, being married, and having your whole life figured out. Right? That's the typical mold of what most congregations want. And at the same time, he said, he said, you know, I understand why they want that. I understand why they want someone that... So, I, so he said, yeah, I do understand why. You know, he tried to look at it from their perspective. I understand why. But he also said, you know, he hopes he would wish that people would look at it from his perspective. You know, he can't just go out and just find somebody just to get a job. That'd be the wrong reason to find somebody. Right. Then he also said, well, you know, I just went to school about two, three years ago. So there's no way I can just gain 10 years of experience without waiting 10 years. You know, and he also he brought up the point, he said. I think a lot of congregations today wouldn't even hire the Apostle Paul because Paul didn't have 10 years of experience and Paul wasn't married. You know what I mean? And, And so, so many times we focus so much on the outside man and, and the, the image of perfection that we want for whatever we want it for. We want this guy to have this so he can do this for us or even within yourself, you know, with a mate. Well, I want this girl to be this. I want her to already have this. Or I want him to have already this for you ladies, right? We expect perfection from people from the jump when that's not it's not possible. You know what I mean? So I think verse 7 is key to look how God looks. You know, think about, and we talked, but we just brought up Paul, right? Remember when Paul, even after he was converted, and when he went over and he left and he was preaching in Damascus for about three years, when he came back, to Jerusalem, the, the apostles were still afraid of him. They say, you know, he's not, 
you know, he's not who he says he is. And until Barnabas stood up for Paul, then the, uh, the apostles let them let Paul within the group. And so sometimes it seems as if no matter what you do, you're not really going to be accepted in man's eyes. You're not. But in God's eyes, he remember, he always looks at the heart. God doesn't look at experience. God doesn't look at whether you're married or not. God doesn't look at whether you have this or whether you've done this. Man does that. But God looks at the heart. And see, notice, again, think about David here. Did David have as much experience as his brothers in leadership? Obviously, no, because he was born last. Did David have all the experience in how to do things uh, as a king that his brothers did? No. Because what was David's job? He was just a shepherd. He was tending to the sheep. But God saw qualities in David that he didn't see in the others. And that's one thing that we have to keep in mind. When man says no to you, and no matter what the circumstance is, when man says no, in a sense, you can, how do I say this? When man says no, and this is not in a haughty way, or this is not in a, in a bitter way, this is not in a, I want to prove you wrong type of way. But at the same time, you could also say that someone else is going to get what you didn't get. You know what I mean? So the Lord always looks at the heart. He doesn't look on the outside. And I challenge us, start looking at the heart of people, right? And, and notice this. And you think about, well, okay, Jordan, that's David. But who else would understand what that feels like? Who would understand what it feels like? To be constantly rejected. Who would understand what it feels like um, for, to not even be given a chance just to say no, right? Look at this. Our Lord understands. And this is why Christ is so perfect. Because he is our He is our mediator that can understand exactly what it's like to be us. And that's the most amazing thing about Jesus. And notice Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. And look at... Look at kind of the image that Isaiah paints of our Lord, right? Now, before we get there, we have to we have to understand this. The Messiah throughout history has always been prophesied that he was going to come, right? Cuz remember even when Jesus was born, you know, Herod wanted to kill all the, all the children so that Messiah wouldn't even take over his leadership, right? And that was early on before you know Christ even grew up. But throughout history, they were always looking for that Messiah. And they expected the Messiah to be something amazing, right? They expected the Messiah to be like David. They expected the Messiah to be like Moses, right? They expected the Messiah to be like Solomon in all his glory. But notice how Jesus is painted here in Isaiah chapter 53. Watch verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Watch verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. Watch this. For he hath no form and he hath no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You know... 
on the outside, people look for what they want to see. Or people look at what they want to be on the outside. But notice how it describes Jesus. Jesus isn't the Messiah that you all are looking for. He's not going to be this giant king and the giant, in our terms, this giant stud that everybody loves. He's not going to be this amazing person. or he, uh, Not amazing person. He's not going to be this amazing person physically on the outside uh, that, that looks. Look, he says he has no beauty that we should desire him. People are going to look past. He, that can't be the Messiah. That's, that's not what I'm looking for. And people are going to pass up on the teachings of Jesus, not because of what he taught, but by how he looked on the outside. People are going to pass up on you, not because you're not qualified, not because you're not sound, not because you're not this or you're not that or you haven't prepared. They're going to pass up on you because there's no beauty on the outside in their eyes. Jesus can understand that, guys. Jesus can understand an entire nation telling him, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. You know, a lot of times I've heard no in a lot of different ways. I've heard just flat out no, and that's cool. I've also heard no as in, well, we appreciate what you've done, but no. I've heard no that way. I've also heard no, well, you have great talents, but we're going to move this way. I've heard no in a lot of different ways. But you know, Jesus heard no in all those ways too. And that's the amazing thing about him is he can understand what it's like to be us when man rejects us. He understands what it's like when regular, when just men in general reject us. But he also understands what it's like for even those on the, on his, in his inner circle, Christian people, people that love God to reject him. Think about Peter, right? Peter rejected him or denied him three times. You know, so he understands. Watch verse 3. He is despised and he's rejected of man. He's a man of sorrows and all he's acquainted with is grief. And we hid our faces from him and he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Yet did we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes are we healed. You know, have you felt like that before? You know, you just always, um, you're always told, no, you're always told you're not enough. You're always told um, you're such a good guy or you're such a good girl, but. Oh, you're such a good person or you're such this, you're so talented, but. You know, you hear all these things, you're despised, you're rejected, not appreciated, all this stuff, a man of sorrows, right? You can understand that, but Jesus understands that on a whole nother level. You know, he was despised and he was rejected and they ended him, they ended up killing him for that. And so, you know, the thing that I can take comfort in, and I hope you can take comfort in, is Jesus understands rejection more than anybody else jesus understands not feeling appreciated more than anybody else jesus understands um being sorrowful more than anybody else but the awesome thing is being a part of his body and being a christian when i pray to him about these things 
when I pray to him about being rejected, when I pray to him about not having this, when I pray to him about things not working out, he understands on a whole nother level than I can. And so remember what we're talking about. Sorry, you're just not what we're looking for. You know, and this is how we're going to close. You know, guys, you're going to hear that a lot. You know, man, it's just how things are in this world. Men reject you for a lot of reasons. But when they reject you, you have to understand that they're not looking with their spiritual glasses. They're looking at what they want on the outside or they they look at what will please them physically. But you have to understand that God, he will look at the heart. And you have to understand that the Lord will promote you when it's time for you to be promoted. You know, sometimes I think we think man has so much. I think sometimes we think that if man says yes or no, that's the final. You know, so if I've had all these no's, then I'm always going to get a no. You know, that's not how we should look at things. That's not how you should look at things. You know, I heard someone say that sometimes in this life, whether from single people, just a single person, or whether by a company, whether by a group of people, no matter what it is, sometimes you're going to get a thousand no's before you even can get one yes. But those thousand no's from people that don't see your worth, from people that don't see your value, from people that don't see your heart, from people that don't see the asset that you can be for that person as an individual, that company, or that group. If they don't see that you can be that for them, sometimes it takes a thousand no's to get that one yes. But you'll be thankful for those thousand no's because that one yes will be worth it. And so I I don't know about you. Maybe you've heard a thousand no's. Maybe you've heard people say, well, appreciate what you've done, but we're going to go in a different direction. Or you're such a nice person, but I think I want to. You know what I mean? If you heard those things, understand that you're not the only one that's ever felt this. Understand that Christ can sympathize with you. Christ had a thousand people that told Christ being the Lord had people tell him no. Remember, even in the with the rich young ruler, he said, Lord, what, what commandments do I have to do? What, what do I have to keep? And again, he quoted to him, well, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, all this stuff, right? He said, well, I've done this, you know, since my youth, since I was a kid. Well, then Jesus said, well, this is the last thing. Give all you have and follow me. And what did the rich young ruler do? He walked away sorrowful because he had great riches. So what does that mean? What do you do to Christ? Uh, Lord, I appreciate what you've done to my life up to this point, but sorry. He told God, no. So if the Lord can be rejected, what makes you think you can't be rejected? I mean, I will. I have been rejected. You have been or will be rejected. Why? Because Christ was. So if, if he can't get through, if he can't get a hundred yeses all the time, what makes you think you will? This is something that you just have to get used to, right? But notice the attitude of Christ, even when he got those no's, even when he was rejected. Did Christ ever curse anybody? Well, 
I'm going to do everything I can to show this one person that they should have said yes or that they should have stuck with it or they should have believed in me, right? I'm going to I'm going to show that person and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get all this stuff and I'm going to do all this to show them that 10 years ago you should have picked me. You should have bet on me. You should have believed in me, right? People say that to individual people. People say that about companies, about because they want to prove them wrong. They will go on a quest and they will do whatever it takes to the next time that they see you. They want you to say, man, I should have. But is that the right attitude that we should have? Even when you're rejected of those people? You see, here's the awesome thing about Christ. Remember Isaiah 53, we're talking about this. All these people rejected Christ. All these people did all these evil things for him. Or to him. But let me ask you this. When Jesus was on the cross. Was he on the cross. Saying. When I die. I'm going to show them. Who I really was this whole time. Did Jesus say. Well while I'm up here. I'm going to release. 10,000 angels to get back at everybody that despised me to get back at everybody that never believed in me to get back at everybody that talked about me right did 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 Christ do that what do you say on the cross he said father forgive them they don't know what they do see he still had the attitude of even while he was being despised and rejected I still want what's best for you you know, and I'll say this just for myself. A while back, I was um, I was applying for a job, right? And I was, to me, I felt like I was qualified for it. I felt like I was ready for it. I felt like, you know, this is something that would be a good opportunity for me, right? So I got an email back. And basically the email basically said what we're talking about. Appreciate it, you know, but, um, you know, you're not the guy we're looking for we're going to kind of go in a different direction right and when I got that you know a a while back maybe about a year or two ago I think within me I would have been very bitter I think within me I would have been uh, extremely what's the right word Uh, I would have felt rejected right Um, but I emailed the group or whatever back I said well I appreciate you giving me the time because most times some people don't even give you the time Um, but then I also said I I hope you find the man that you're looking for you know I don't want them to not succeed because they didn't pick Jordan Pugh I don't I don't want them not to you know do the right things because Jordan's not there whether I'm there or not I want great things to happen for them whether I'm there or not I want great things to happen to whoever It, it just Sometimes we tend to elevate ourselves and we tend to think, well, if it, if it ain't me, it ain't nobody. If it's not me, then it, then it'll never be great because I'm not in it. If it's not, be, if it's not me, it'll never reach this level because I'm not there. The work anywhere, whether it's a business, whether it's the church, whether Jordan Pugh's there or not, the work is still going to go on. Whether it's in a relationship, whether Jordan Pugh is there or not, the person will go on. I will go on. 
You know what I mean? So we, we can't elevate ourselves to the level where <laughs> the next person's not going to even compare to me. The next candidate's not even going to compare to me, but do your thing. You can't have that attitude, right? Christ had the attitude of, I still, even though I've been rejected, I still want what's best for you. And so, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. That may happen. But when it does happen, remember to continue to humble yourselves. And when you do humble yourself, just as God lifted up Christ for humbling himself, Philippians chapter 4, or Philippians chapter 2, that we can be humbled as well. And Christ and God will both lift us too.